listening to A Quiet Mind. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of A Quiet Mind. And I know that I've been away for quite a while this time and for good reason. It um, kind of reminds me of this story that I had heard about Gandhi and I've heard the story quite a few times, actually. It's the story about the mother who brings her child to Gandhi and says, Please, Master Gandhi, can you tell my son to stop eating sugar? And Gandhi replied, Please return in in two weeks. Bring your son back. So two weeks later, the lady returns with her son to Gandhi and She says, can you please ask my son to stop eating sugar? And he points at the boy and he says, stop eating sugar. And then mother says to Gandhi, Master Gandhi, why did we have to go away for two weeks and then return? And Gandhi said, "Uh, two weeks ago, I was eating sugar. (laughs) I've always thought that that was quite a remarkable story. And in no way do I compare myself to Gandhi, obviously. But this has um, the story and what I've been going through um, does have uh, a parallel path. And uh, to be quite honest, if I'm going to tell all of you to stop eating sugar, then uh, I had better not be eating it myself. So... (laughs) To make a long story even longer, which is what a quiet mind is all about in some cases, uh, I had, you know, gone back into um, a cycle that I have experienced many times before that's probably best labeled as uh, depression. And um, this is something that's happened to me throughout my life for many, many years. And for you know, obvious reasons, Uh, at that time, the thing that I wanted to talk to you all about was um, trying to overcome some of these uh, states where we're feeling very depressed or very upset or maybe we're, we're experiencing a loss or maybe, you know, we're really deep down into something where we really think there's absolutely no way out at all. And this actually works very, very well with the series that we've been working on with drugs and alcohol, which I think maybe should be renamed, um, you know, looking at substance abuse. (laughs) Because it's not just drugs and alcohol where we tend to try to find our escape or Where we go when we're feeling depressed, we may go to food when we're feeling depressed. I know I do that, and that may be our comfort, and in some cases it may be um, our downfall, 
Um, so to put it bluntly, I found myself in quite a deep, dark cave for a while. And as I always do, I embrace it and look at it. And I don't try to escape it or run away from it because I no longer use a lot of substances as I did in the past to be able to escape my reality and to be able to escape the things that are, you know, that I'm confronting right now in the quote unquote real world that we all have to deal with, with uh, responsibilities, partners in our lives, you know, family members, etc. You know, just the workaday world where most of us are living and most of us are breathing and most of us are, you know, participating in. So going down into what, you know, I would call kind of a deep, dark place, uh, I have a tendency to want to sit with this and um, not push it away and accept it completely and stay in that state of acceptance uh, for as long as it takes. And sometimes I'll even find myself focused on, uh, you know, books or sometimes even movies with a depressive, a depressive nature or kind of a low nature. And I'll just, you know, go right into it, feet first, go down, turn up the volume all the way and just blatantly stare at myself, uh, my feelings, my emotions and just bring them, bring it all up. But I noticed that, you know, and this is why I haven't been sharing, because I wanted to be able to get out of this situation before uh, I came back and did a podcast to talk about, you know, how, how do we get out of these states that we are in? How do we move forward? How come sometimes it feels as if we're stuck in one place? And we're, we're, we're not able to um, move from that spot, That's, that things are stagnated. And what process can we do if we can't find our way out on our own? What process is there to do or method? And, you know, I don't know about the word method or the phraseology of method or any of that dialogue, but I do know that in some cases there are things that can be very simply put that can ease our suffering a bit, get us to move out of the mire that we're in, you know, dig out of the quicksand, find our way out of the the dark cave or the dark night of the soul, as some people call it. And um, as I was stuck in this um, and you know, kind of in my, what I like to call my little alchemy lab, my little, my little, uh, you know, mind lab where I'm, you know, doing things like meditating and releasing and kind of reshaping and transforming. Um, I'm also like looking at the information that I have around me and being very, very open to seeing something that kind of rings that bell and brings back to me you know, the little signpost or the reminders that we're always talking about. In other words, I probably should go listen to things that I've said before in some of the podcasts. But isn't it funny how, and, and that I've seen this in, in, you know, on my path of discovering self-awareness, whatever you want to call it, whatever self is, doesn't really matter. 
um, that I've seen that uh, these things don't go away, that uh, they may go away and take a little bit of vacation for a while, but um, because of the nature of the universe and and the nature of the um, illusion that we're engaged in, that we're constantly confronted with the same kind of scenarios, the same things happening when, oh, you know, I was four years old and a bully picked on me in school and I was really upset and, you know, I cried and I needed to go home and tell my mom. It's funny how those things keep repeating themselves. And, of course, depending upon where you are at and your ability to be able to see with complete and total awareness in every moment, every detail, and even without a process or a method, because you've been practicing so long, you're immediately able to, like, you know, the duck, the water off the duck's back. Well, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm raising my hand right now as I'm talking to you and, and, and swearing that I'm not there, that I'm not there yet. And I, I fully admit that. But you know, I'm in. I'm in. I'm still in the process of. I I need to be able to 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 um, like a record to replay these things constantly, and that I need to encounter scenarios such as you know the bully when I was in school, again and again, to be able to you know hearken back to the simple steps that we've been following all along. Sometimes the levels, like there are levels, like a volume knob on a television, you know, we have low, medium, and high. Sometimes these levels or encounters can be, you know, low, medium, or high. And for the most part, for quite a while, I've been experiencing what I would call low to middle ground uh, 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 non-acceptance of what is so that because of the scenarios or circumstances I was confronted with being at a lower, what I would call a medium volume, they were, you know, essentially an easy, easy for me to let, let them run off the back, you know, like ducks water off the back. Um, but some instances have been occurring lately that, uh, have been hitting pretty hard. And as these came and they came, you know, one after the other, I really found myself feeling like a drowning man and, you know, pretty much just unable to be able to, you know, keep my head above water, let alone be able to, you know, work and, you know, take care of my family and then do a podcast. Um, And the reason that I'm talking to you now is because I've finally found my way out of the cave that I was in and I'm coming out and saying, guess what, guys, you know, I was just in this cave and um, I have the map here of the path that I followed to get out. Um, so what happened was I was, you know, I just had opened a book and it was it was absolutely amazing. I opened a book because I was feeling, you know, I was feeling, uh, you know, a little bit lost, um, need a little guidance. And I opened uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's book, um, The Heart of the Buddhist Teachings, which I highly recommend. And I've been reading for quite a while and referring to it. And I don't read so much anymore. Um, but when I do, I find it very profound. I'll read maybe one sentence or a part of a page and then set it down and say, that's all I need. I'm going to work with this for a while. 
And I read these three words that that I thought were just absolutely amazing. The bell went off in my head. And the words are receive, embrace, and transform. And I immediately knew I needed to work with these three words. And this was probably about a month ago. So in order to, to, to find my way, the lamp that was given to me was receive, embrace, transform. So that's what I did. I saw that I had not received what I needed to receive. I had not embraced it. I hadn't gone into my alchemy lab in my in my mind to bring in my tools, my meditation, you know, the releasing, getting quiet, and then taking that and, and transforming it. And never before had this been so clearly shown to me, these three words, and just how amazing they are in, you know, the, the use of finding your way out of the dark cave, finding your way home, you know, waking from that dark night of the soul. And, of course, they key into many other things that we've spoken of before. And, of course, they really echo what we have been speaking about with um, the uh, substance abuses, the addictions, and our conditioning. And using these three words and taking them into our, our alchemy lab is something that I think we should do for the next week or so. And what I'm going to do is just, you know, take, take one of these words at a time, beginning with the word receive. And to understand what that means, you know, we, we look at words all the time. We, we have a, a simple understanding of them. We use them in conversation quite often. But rarely do we really see how they break down and how they work in kind of a, you know, in the alchemy of our self-understanding and our self-acceptance and our ability to be able to move forward from where we are now, which is, of course, caught up again in the monkey mind, caught up again in the swirl of the illusion, caught up again in the habitual conditioning. So swirling and swirling in this, we have a tendency to not receive the message that's trying to come in. We want to play a mental game of ping pong with it. We don't want to uh, take it in and take it into our house, into our home. And, you know, we have an aversion to receiving this message. So we push it away. We're, we are frightened to bring it in. So we need to receive this emotion, um, this feeling, this condition, this circumstance, this person who is speaking to us like this, um, being unfairly treated. What, whatever the circumstance is that's going on, we're not receiving it. We're pushing it away. 
We're fighting it. We're combating it. We're pushing it back. And out of our um, circle that we have, if we look at our, our inner circle, we're not bringing in whatever the circumstances, whatever this supposed emotion is, this thought. We are um, keeping it away. So when we look at the word receiving, we see that it's kind of like receiving a gift or a package. You know, the guy comes to the door, he has a package for you, it's in his hands. He has a little pad where you sign off and then he hands it over to you. You put it into your hands, you thank him, you go into the house, close the door, and now you have received this package. It is no longer in the hands of the delivery man. So you have taken possession of it. So that means it's yours. Now it belongs to you. It doesn't belong to the man that just handed it to you. This is your package. So what does it mean when something is yours? Well, that means that essentially we, we're going to take responsibility for this. We're taking hold of it. And... We are not, we're no longer seeing it as something that doesn't belong to us or something that we don't have or something that we, that we don't want. It is now ours and we've taken it in. We've taken responsibility for it. Like a little lost puppy that's out on the street, you know, you may take him in. Guess what? You've got a puppy in your house. Now he's yours. So that's what brings up self-responsibility. When we take responsibility for that package, whatever it may be. And I'm using this term, package, <laughs> obviously. This circumstance, this um, uh, emotion, this feeling, whatever this thing is, we can wrap it up and put it in a package. And then, you know, open it up for ourselves and say, you know, this is mine, it belongs to me, I take responsibility for it. It is not your fault. It is not their fault. It is not mom and dad's fault. It is not, you know, the police's fault. It's not my fault, but I'm going to take responsibility for it. That's the first step in this process of being able to get out of this crazy circle that we're in where we're not moving forward at all. We don't have any more forward momentum It's impossible for us to be quiet. It's impossible for us to be in the moment when we are not receiving and accepting whatever is that is right in front of us right now. So in that process of receiving, take take whatever it is that's going on right now with you in this process and acceptance of, um, you know, your substance abuse and bring it on in take responsibility for it but this time don't play the blame game with yourself don't play the blame game with anyone else any circumstance any person any anything that you could think of that you could blame um that it could be creating or causing this where you're looking for you know who to point a finger at, don't point the finger back at yourself and blame yourself either. Just receive the package. Bring it into your house. Say, this is my own. 
and I own it. And when we do that, when we stop pushing it away, when we stop making it wrong, and when we stop making it someone else's problem, okay, we're no longer in denial. We're no longer in the place where we're trying to find out who, what, where, why, and when. Right now, the importance, right now, the magic in this moment is just to receive. Just bring it in. That's all you have to focus on right now. Now, the next part of this that we're going to work on is a little bit higher um, than receiving and taking something in. Because we could take something in and not really want it. You know, we can, and we can put it over in a corner where it gathers dust or up in a, you know, a closet somewhere where we never have to look at it or shove it underneath a bed, you know, or just completely ignore it. It can still be in our house. And I use the house in quotes as, as our, you know, as our body temple house, but, you know, also our physical home. But there are many things here that are inside this body temple home that are hidden away up on shelves in dark, dusty closets and shoved down, you know, into the basement (laughs) and put underneath beds and behind doors and then are locked all up that, you know, we've put away that we don't want to look at, (laughs) that we don't want to take responsibility for. We know it's there somewhere, but, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Well, we've got to receive those things again. We've got to receive them. And this next phase of receiving is what we would call embrace. So as we're working through just receiving that which is ours, in other words, going in, looking down, uncovering things, look under the bed, you know, look up into the dark shelf um, in the closet, you know, look around, explore a little bit, see what you've hidden away, the things that you may have received or taken in, but you've put them in these dark places. Go and take a look, you know, for them, because what happens is, is that, you know, they're going to come out and hit you on the head the next time you go to get something out of the closet. That's how it works, because you've forgotten that you received this, uh, you know, package back in 72 and stuck it up on the top shelf. Now you're in there looking for your shoes and it falls on your head. And I don't want to see that happen to you. Um, I want you to know, you know, what you have in stock inside of your, you know, your body temple area. So let's go on a little scavenger hunt and see what we have taken into the house that maybe we've shoved somewhere, you know, and hidden or shoved into a trunk or put into a box somewhere and hidden into a dark corner and, you know, bring it out, dust it off. And, you know, say, okay, you're mine. You know, I've forgotten about you. I pushed you away for a while, but, you know, I'm going to bring you out again. And I'm going to take responsibility here. I'm going to clean you up and dust you off. So let's look at some of those things and then get prepared to the next phase, which is to embrace these things that we uncovered. Thanks so much for listening. Write to me at robert at aquietmind.com, and I hope to hear from you. Thank you. 
Thank you.